This is the Birth Village Podcast. Welcome back to the Birth Village Podcast. I am Morgan Brower, and we are doing a very heavily requested episode today, um, or a version of it. But anyways, I'll explain that in a little bit. I am joined by my husband, Tyler Brower. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. (laughs) Tyler's been on before. Um, We are talking today about communication in a way and also specifically communication with your partner and just different stuff about your partner and your birth experience. And so I asked Tyler if he would do this episode with me um, because he, I mean, I feel like we have pretty good communication between us. Also, Tyler has a bachelor's degree in communication and he was a phenomenal birth partner, which we've shouted you out on the podcast for being a phenomenal birth partner before today. Um, but for all of those reasons, I have asked him to come on and have this discussion with me today. Yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> happy to be here. It's, I suppose, a little bit, it feels a little bit over my head because I don't feel like an expert in anything like communication or birth, but I'm glad to share what I can. Yeah, I think I think you're going to be great. <laughs> um we have gotten an overwhelming number of requests to <laughs> in, in various the, i mean they've all come in saying different things but they're all the same theme and it's all kind of how to convince your partner mm. that you can have a home birth or that you want to have a home birth and i don't know if we want to dedicate an entire episode to just that but i'm i'm serious i've gotten how to convince husband to have an unmedicated home birth, how to navigating home birth and family who's against it, stories about husbands coming around to the idea of home birth. Like Mm. this is over and over and over again what people are requesting. I can be here for that. So, um, but we definitely don't want to make people who are not interested in home birth feel like this episode is not for them. Mm. So if you are not interested in home birth, that's fine. (laughs) And... Uh, that's totally fine. However, there's definitely circumstances where uh, you might feel like you want to do something specific with your birth and your partner might be against it, whether that's home birth or induction or I don't know, having an epidural or whatever the case might be. If you are feeling like you're on a different page with your partner about birth, here are some suggestions of how we can go about having these conversations. So um, I want to start, Tyler, by asking you to give us a little bit of insight into how you came around to the idea of a home birth specifically. And I think that I'm going to give this little disclaimer too. I think that Tyler coming around to the idea happened so much easier than with a lot Mm. of other husbands. So anyways, let's just hear that first. (laughs) I suppose. Thanks. Um, It I have the same thing to say about both the people who are trying to convince others or just like having a conversation. To me, it just was communicating and knowledge. I think probably the the only thing that's relevant from my communication degree here is uh, <laughs> one thing that I did learn was women communicate for 
relationship building and men communicate to solve problems. So specifically in the case where a woman is trying to convince her husband or a significant other of something that she wants as part of her birth plan, I think maybe you got to kind of think of it that way. So for me, it was mm. like, okay, what, what problems are going to come up? And in birth, there's a lot that can. Fair. Uh, you've got, I mean, there's it, it starts in pregnancy and then you obviously have to plan out the birth and then you have to plan out postpartum. And there's so many steps amongst all those things. So for me, coming around to the idea of a home birth, an unmedicated birth, I think first of all, I didn't have any preconceived ideas about what I wanted as part of that experience of being a father to a child that my wife was carrying and going to give birth to because I'd never really experienced that in my life. I'd never had to think about it until it was time to think about it. And you didn't have, like you weren't very um, involved with anyone else ever having given birth ever in your life. So this is totally foreign ground Mm -hmm. zero for you. Obviously like most people I'm, I don't want to say indoctrinated, but that's the word that's coming to mind with how birth goes. Water breaks, go to the hospital, epidural, have your kid in the hospital, go home shortly after, and then boom, you have a kid. That's what you see in movies. That's basically if you said, what, what is birth? That's what I would imagine going into us getting pregnant and and have a bow come. You just be like, you just go to the hospital and they give you your baby. (laughs) Yeah. But that's not like, when we got pregnant, that wasn't where my mind first went because it went to, okay, we've got a lot to talk about and a lot to plan. Mm-hmm. And again, like I needed to know what problems, how we were going to solve the things. Sure. So for me, it was just discussion and being willing to hear pros and cons of certain things and then coming to a, a conclusion on it. So we, we didn't do this, but in a way it feels like we had a list of things that we just went through and hit and we made decisions kind of like a birth plan together. We didn't write anything out necessarily, but we did talk about most facets of, of pregnancy and postpartum and all that. Yeah. I will say if, I mean, we talk about Trisha's class a Mm -hmm. lot on, on this podcast, but it's because it's so amazing. And so many of our guests have either been to it or they know about it or whatever. But that is one thing that for us was a big deal too, because I signed up for her class before, like just very early on in pregnancy. And so we weren't going through until late second, early third trimester going, Oh, we're going to go to the hospital. Oh, we're going to have a hospital birth. And then, wanting to change my mind at that moment, which we've heard stories of that before. Like you can change your mind as last minute as you want to. And that's totally fine. Um, but for me, I, and in the way of quote unquote, convincing Mm -hmm. Tyler that home birth was the way to go. Um, we just started by getting the education immediately and very early on in pregnancy. And so it allowed us ample time to plan together and for both of us to feel comfortable with the idea of it. And I will say that you, Tyler, you're, you're willing to be open-minded about stuff. So Mm. I guess I should say, this is one reason that we've put off doing this episode for so long is because 
communication, um, and especially in relationships, that can be really tricky. Mm -hmm. And what works for some people isn't going to work for everyone. And if we're giving advice for a husband who's like semi open-minded and you've Mm -hmm. got a husband that's like extremely not open to the idea, it's still not going to feel very helpful to you. Um, but at that point, like, I don't know, what is your communication style? How do you and your husband or your partner typically resolve issues? And let's go about it that way. Mm. And I think obviously you have to have some education. You have to keep an open mind, but that, that is why that we have kind of avoided this conversation is, is it's like, that's between you two. (laughs) It, It is hard to talk about. Because part of me does want to say, if I'm honest, like you have to have a healthy partnership in order for this type of conversation to work. Yeah. Because you've even used the word convincing so far as we've been talking. And I don't think if you're having to convince somebody of something, that's already a red flag for me. Yeah. I think you, the the perfect recipe here is maybe what we're saying. The perfect recipe is both partners are open-minded. And not to mention the commonality here is in order to have a kid, there has to be two people involved here. So that's the commonality, no matter who you are or how you are, open-minded, closed-minded, there are still two of you that Mm -hmm. are going to be having these discussions. And in the perfect world, you can both be open-minded, discuss them, and then come to a a conclusion together. Yeah. Yeah. So... (laughs) The thing that you said about um, the different ways that men and women typically go about having problem or um, solving problems mm-hmm. was, or women are communicating for relationship sake and men are communicating to solve problems. So let's say, I, I wish I knew a softer word than convince, mm-hmm. but that's what the question is coming in. So if you're trying to convince um, your partner to have a home birth or that that's what's right for you, in their mind, we have to realize that they are likely thinking of a lot of problems. Yeah, what red flags are going up? And, and that's that's probably how you got to tackle that's that That's how we got to start it. Yeah. So, I mean, and th- this is something where you need to do your research and maybe ask them, what are you worried about? Mm-hmm. What are you concerned? What are your concerns with a home birth? And let's like actually have this discussion because this feels like something that's important to me but I care what you think too. And I want you to be comfortable with this. So let's hash this out. And if we come to the decision after the, all the pros and cons are listed Mm. that it is right for us or that it's not right for us, we can make a plan together moving forward. Mm. I think, I think that's the right way to think about it. Uh, My mind's running towards myself and my own experience. So maybe I, I can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, do it. Is you did mention that early on, very, very early, because you decided to take the class before we even knew that we were pregnant. Yeah. So very early on, we took the class with Trisha. So it doesn't have to be Trisha's class, because obviously this is the Southern Utah podcast here, but many other people are listening to it. But more information of that type is going to help. So going to that class, gaining the knowledge was something that helped me be more comfortable with the red flags that were coming up in my mind. Do you remember any of the red flags that you were having? Mm, specifically? No, but I, my red flags were just the lack of knowledge because I had not seen a birth. I had mm-hmm. not experienced anything like that. I barely even, 
interacted with little kids throughout my life or babysat, never did anything like that. So this was a foreign world to me to figure out the biology behind what's happening, um, all the hormone stuff, what actually happens during birth. Mm -hmm. It was all new. So for me, it was really important to realize that I was needing that information to start making decisions. So it was good to have that information early on. It was also difficult, if I'm honest, because it was so early. I had issues paying attention because it felt like I'm not going to remember all this eight <laughs> months from now because we're in that class with people who are due two months from then or, mm-hmm. or something. So it was really relevant. So for me, it was good to have that base knowledge. And I mean, flying through a couple of things simply like what happens having, having a home birth. I think the red flag is what if something goes wrong? Yeah, totally. I needed to trust the people that were there to one, be competent to take care of a situation when something went wrong and two, to recognize when it was outside of their power and they needed, they needed more help. So meeting, uh, obviously Trish, we know, and meeting Janae, me actually meeting them, not just you going and being like, Hey, so I met this person that's going to be at our birth. Is that all right? Right. So me meeting these people that were going to be there, gaining trust with them was something that helped me put some red flags down. And also, I mean, it is really nice that we've got the fire station right there and the hospital (laughs) up the street. Uh, I won't lie. That was a big anxiety reducer for me Sure. to know that if the people that I trusted said, Hey, something's going on and we need to make a change and actually go to the hospital, it was going to be 10 minutes and we're there. Yeah. So I I think that helped me put some red flags down knowledge, gaining trust with the people that were going to be there. And having some like catastrophe plans. Sure. I want to explain where I was mentally too going into that class. So I think that I planned on having at least an unmedicated birth. Mm -hmm. um, And then home birth was on my radar. But like I wasn't necessarily sure myself at that point. Mm -hmm. But I was pretty sure that I wanted to at least attempt an unmedicated birth. Mm -hmm. And so going into that class, um, I think it just reduced a lot of red flags for the both of us. And it also helped the conversation come up organically Mm -hmm. where we're saying, you know, this is our financial situation. This is our living situation. This is everything, everything out on the table. Mm -hmm. Hey, a home birth kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now that all of our, both of our collective red flags have been lowered, it's like, well, should we it, do that? And that, and then it came up organically. It came up. Mm-hmm. It wasn't me being like, so listen, I want to uh-huh. do something really weird, kind of crunchy. It didn't, it didn't happen like that. It definitely for us came up organically. And that's not always going to be the case mm-hmm. because I mean, for example, I have a friend who is on her, she's pregnant with her third baby right now. And she had both of her first kids in the hospital, medicated, all, Mm. all that jazz. Um, nothing wrong with that again, but she has since having her second baby felt like, man, I really think I could do a home birth and I really want to. Mm -hmm. So then of course she brings it up to her husband. He's really freaked out. So, and that's fair. And that's totally fair. Not all of not everybody can have a situation like ours where it just comes up organically, but the classes Mm -hmm. when you're learning these things and just logically it makes sense, that's going to help a male 
partner so mm. much. Men are, men are logical. They oftentimes they're very logical. So I think education is going to be huge. And then just to reinforce what you said, interviewing your midwife, mm-hmm. when you meet a midwife and she is so confident and she will have the answer to a lot of your red flags too. Mm. You say, what if this happens? She's going to say, then we will do this. Mm-hmm. She already knows the plan, you guys. And we did ask her a lot of questions. We had a lot of questions. So so don't be afraid to go ahead and interview midwives, even if it feels like early on or whatever, because if that's going to help you feel comfortable with whatever you're trying to plan, and again, whatever you're trying to plan, mm-hmm. interviewing your provider and finding the right provider, I think is a beautiful place to start. Um, for whatever kind of birth that you want. But definitely, if you are trying to have a home birth, let your husband, let your partner meet that midwife. And I don't want to say grill her with Mm -hmm. all of your questions, but I guarantee she's going to have a lot of answers for you. Well, I do have to say, I, I, if you are a husband or a significant other listening to this, that is not going to be giving birth, choose to be involved yeah, that's I think that's, that's huge. That's the thing. If you're just going to stand on your hill of nope, we're having a birth at the hospital because that's how it goes. That's how my mom did it. That's how my sisters have done it. Whatever your your hill that you're trying to stand on, I, I kind of don't think that's right. For one, I think you should get educated and have a good conversation. But in order to do that, you have to put in some work mm-hmm. with your your partner that is pregnant. I think. I, I maybe underestimated that myself going in because there there is quite a few meetings. We met with Janae, who was our, our midwife, mm-hmm. many times. And we met with Trish many times. Yeah. And if you don't have the questions that first time, it's good that you go the next time also because you have new questions. And it's good that you go the next time also because you have new questions. And things progress and, and new things come up. New flags that you didn't know existed kind of start waving and you get a little nervous and have to have some anxiety checked there Mm -hmm. but for me it worked out i think there was the situation like you're saying it it made sense for us yeah it wasn't just turning red flags to green flags it was turning green flags into greener flags Mm. yeah so for me it made a lot of sense to go to the class and and hear about the biology of um just birth and knowing how good it can be for a mother and a baby and it's natural and the hormones that happen if you're trying to change that and intervene in those things this this is for example Mm -hmm. it's going to mess with in my case my wife and it's going to mess with my kids experience of coming into this world for the very first time and so for me learning that doing it a natural way with low interventions was going to give them the best chance to have their bodies bodies do what what they're meant to do, what is natural to do. And to me that, that turned a green flag of birth into just a greener flag of let's, let's do it this way. I'm, I'm okay. Obviously I'm nervous for you to go through a hard thing of a painful thing as well. That's something that nobody really wants somebody that they care about to go yeah. through, but to know that in, in my opinion, that's how it should be. If it's possible to do it that way, I was happy that we were able to do that and to, semi coach you through it when it was happening. Yeah. No, you did a really good job of of coaching. I think um it's kind of common for men to just take a back seat mm-hmm. in a pregnancy. Um and 
you kind of said this, but to reinforce it, that's maybe not the right way to do things. So maybe you can also start with, or at some point have the conversation with your partner about like, Hey, I need you to be more involved in this. Mm-hmm. Um, there it's, it's kind of common for in, in a labor for a husband or a partner because they are so kind of shocked at what's going mm-hmm. on to really kind of stand back and to need a doula to coach them and be like, Hey, come over here and help her, mm-hmm. hold her hand, tell her she's doing a good job or whatever. Um, nobody had to do that for you. And I think that's because we went into it so prepared and you understood what I was going to be going through, mm-hmm. at least to the extent where you were able to show up for me how I needed, both because you understood birth and then also because we had a, a good relationship going into that. Um, and it's not wrong if a doula needs to be like, hey, well, it's, Let's, it's a shocking experience. It's a, it's a totally a shocking <laughs> experience, especially if it's your first time. There's nothing wrong with needing a little bit of help, mm-hmm. but like, here's a plug. Guys, hire a doula. Yeah. If she we will help it. the husband, not as much, but maybe as much as, as she'll help exactly. the mother here. So, Sorry, I keep saying husband. I suppose there's other situations fine. where It's fine to say husband, but- Mostly we're talking about our experience, so it's- Yeah. It's hard to say that. Just a husband, in my opinion- should be pretty involved throughout the entire pregnancy. You need, he needs to be learning the information alongside you, mama. Like he, he's the dad. Yeah. <laughs> and there, then, there's a line to walk. Sorry to cut you off. No, it's okay. There's a line to walk here because I did have moments where I was like, this is your thing. So whatever you want, like you go for it. So I had moments in my mind where I was thinking she's 90% the person steering this pregnancy and birth ship. Sure. And I'm only like, tagging along yeah but i did step up and thinking like you know this is my son too and mm-hmm. i want to be involved as his dad i want to have this be a bonding experience for me my wife and my my new child and so i got myself involved i, I made that choice to be 60 40 sure it's still your <laughs> ship to steer i i believe in, in that and that worked for us yeah but i was i was 40 percent there I, I was helping you make decisions. I gave input, mm-hmm. but I let you not get a hundred percent of what you wanted, I guess. But <laughs> uh, cause I wasn't just a pushover cause I needed to have my red flags turn green mm-hmm. and, and we had to talk about those things too. But for me, it's, it's a big choice thing. If there are men out there listening, make the choice to be involved and learn and have some hard conversations and if you have some concerns, bring them up and get them resolved. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. I mean, on the one hand, you're the perfect person to have this conversation with. And then on the other hand, you by nature were such an easy partner to work with, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Just because you did say and you did have that um, attitude a lot of like, you're the one that's going to have to do this. So... I don't know, men, that was really good advice. Listen to Tyler's advice. Um, But everybody's relationship is different. So I'm not saying it has to be that way, but at least that that should be the conversation. Because we did have the conversation of, I I mentioned to you, like, this is your birth. I see this as your thing. So whatever you want, like, let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Not just whatever you want, you can have it. Whatever you want, tell me what you want and let's, let's, discuss it and then I can either come around or I can give you my concerns 
to me, that's, that's the important bit. And you can have that in any relationship. I think whether you're the backseat guy or the standing on your, your hill, really firm guy. Yeah. You can still have those conversations. Yeah. If you are new to the birth village podcast, you might not know that we are partnered with tubby Todd. Tubby Todd is an amazing clean ingredient skincare company and their motto is good clean fun for the whole family and let me tell you that is so true all of their products are perfect from your youngest to your oldest family member Um, Tubby Todd has an amazing balm that is it's called their all over ointment and it's never greasy it is dermatologist tested it's safe for sensitive skin and it soothes redness irritation and eczema so it's perfect for honestly everything if you don't have some oliver ointment in your life you need some i promise (laughs) my one of my favorite tubby todd products or like i guess it's not one product but i really love their regulars bundle so this includes hair and body wash, everyday lotion, and that all over ointment that I was just talking about. And they have a bunch of different fragrances that you can choose from. But again, it's good, clean fun for the whole family. So you don't have to worry about all of the scary ingredients that typically come along with fragrance. So my favorite of their smells is lavender and rosemary, but in their regulars bundle, they also have fresh raspberry. They have a fragrance free one if that's your thing. They have lemon cream and black cherry is out right now for a limited time. It's a seasonal scent. So go check out Tubby Todd. Uh, It's gluten-free, dairy-free. There's no SLS, SLES, no synthetic fragrances, no parabens, no steroids, just some really simply amazing products. Um, They do have a worry-free guarantee, which means that if you're not 100% satisfied with your purchase, they will refund you, which I think is amazing. I just think that's so honest and we love working with Tubby Todd. They are simply a great company to work with. So if you click on the link in our bio, in the Instagram bio, or you can also click on our show notes and then you can click on the link there, but you can get 10% off if you use that link to purchase your product. So check out Tubby Todd today. You will not regret it. We are big fans over here at the Birth Village Podcast and yeah, check out Tubby Todd. You're going to love it. So let's get into talking about some advice on advice for the husbands or Mm -hmm. the partners, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but some advice for the men listening um, or not listening, I guess their (laughs) wives can pass along this information, but um, how to be a good labor support. Mm. You want me to just jump right into that? Or you wanna I will say something? one thing first and okay. then I want you to jump in. Okay. My one thing is it is going to be different for every single woman. Mm. But uh, you should talk about it before you go into birth and your expectations might not match reality, but having had the conversation is going to at least get his wheels turning mm-hmm. that you guys are a team mm-hmm. and he is needs to fill that role of supporting you. 
I think is whatever the team looks like in your, your relationship, your partnership. Yeah. And you can have that conversation and be like, I want you to like rub my shoulders the whole time and play mm-hmm. with my hair. And then in the middle of labor, you might be like, don't you, don't you touch me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like it might change, but he is still going to have it in his mind. Okay. I'm going, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to mm-hmm. support you. I'm here for, to support you. Just starting off having the conversation, no matter how it goes in real life having a conversation is going to set you off on the right foot and it's going to be different for every single woman. Mm-hmm. I guess talking about us and our experience and, and my experience in that we didn't really talk about specifics during birth. I knew I was going to be there to support you and be a key player in the birth, but I didn't, we hadn't made that plan of like, I want you to be here or I want you to no, be doing yeah. this. So what ended up working out though was I, I guess getting right to it, it became a contraction-based thing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to call it. I I felt like, so I ended up being right behind you because we had the birthing pool in our room and you were in that laying kind of in a reclined position and I was behind you most of the time. Mm -hmm. There was times when you shifted positions and, and this wasn't the case, but the majority of the time what I recall is being behind you, having my head right next to yours and basically being right in your ear yeah. and having my arms either on you or you had your arms up and around the back of my neck and I was somewhat holding you up in that reclined position. But for me, it became just coaching you through each contraction. It was like, all right, this one's coming. We're just one contraction at a time because you have no idea how long you're going to be in the birth. And that's when the the time warp, the time warp happened for me too Yeah, because it was so uh, contraction based. And it was just, all right, we're only here for this contraction. This contraction is one step closer to our baby. Uh, Here it comes and we got this, you know, I I can't remember the specific things that I was, I was saying to you or trying to remind you of, you know, breathing or, or whatever. But for me, that's, that's what it was. It was good job. That was the contraction. All we're doing is waiting for the next one. The next one's going to come. What do you need until then? Mm -hmm. And for us, it worked. I did fear at times because we didn't talk about it beforehand that maybe I was I was annoying you because I was talking so much through the the process. You were worried about that? I was a little bit, but I also knew that you would say tell me to be quiet <laughs> if if you yeah. needed that in in a little bit. And so for me it was just a little ebb and flow. I think we of, did talk about that at least though. It's like don't hold back. I'll mm-hmm. I'll tell you to stop if yeah. I need you to stop. <laughs> no, I think that did happen. So specifically what worked for us was that I was just coaching you through each contraction and and telling you to reminding you some of the things that were important to you and important to the birth during a contraction. And then it was just one contraction at a time. So for me, it, it reset every contraction. It was like, all right, here's the contraction. This is what we're here for. This is how it's happening. And mm-hmm. however many times we're going to go through this, all we're focused on is this one right here. Cause mm-hmm. if you can get through this one, it's one step closer. I don't know how many steps we got to take this contraction right here. Okay. We get a break. Awesome. You're doing really good. Contraction right here. Yeah. So specifically, that's that's what worked for us as far as me being your supportive birth partner. Yeah. And I think that can that can be look different with anybody. But for me, I was I was very involved. I was right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically had the same view that you did of what was happening, even when he was he was coming out too, which was kind of fun you know i get to see that just because you're right behind me yeah so i didn't catch him 
but I was right there and, and watched the same things that you did, which I think was maybe bonding also. Yeah. Got to see the same things and got to see you look at him for the first time and you know, all, all that special stuff. Do you think that just kind of came naturally to you in that moment? Yeah, I, I think so. I didn't plan to do that, but it was, I mean, you don't, in our case, we didn't plan for your water to break. Your water broke. Right. Um, in fact, I was really convinced that it would not start out that way, yeah, <laughs> which is was, probably why it did. I was like, it's pretty rare for your water to break and have a big old like movie mm -hmm. water gush situation. But <laughs> yeah, not like we needed to tell the verse story, but that was, <sighs> that was, I didn't have an anxiety attack right after, but that was like, it's go time Yeah, when your water broke and then. It was like, oh, okay. We both got real serious. We were like, okay, this no, is what we need to do. That's true. And we, we jumped into go mode. We executed that plan. and Well, you can only plan so much. And then kind of like you were saying, we didn't really plan the specifics of that moment of the birth. but And you can't. Yeah, because things will change. I mean, you can. You want to at least visualize. This is what I think. Women, you need to at least visualize your birth multiple times before it happens because that calms your nerves. Mm. You are going to feel more confident going into it. And there is so many studies on like how visualization actually works and benefits you and stuff. Um, so if you don't believe me, I don't know, go look into it or, mm. or just take my word. Visualization is an incredible tool. So think about it over and mm. over again, from start to finish, what is your birth? What, what do you want it to look like? And just imagine your perfect birth experience start to finish. Mm -hmm. And then when you, when it is go time, it is going to be different. Yeah. But just having an idea of what's going to happen is going to make you feel confident and help you in that moment, overcome the anxiety, the anxious feelings that maybe are inevitable. And that's, you can only prepare so much. And then when the moment happens, you don't know exactly what's going to happen in the moment, but at least you did what you could to think yeah. of the scenarios that were going to happen. Cause that, that's exactly our experience. We prepped as much as we could. And then when it was a go time, it wasn't like instinct to go, okay, we prepped for this exact thing. So like instinctually I'm going to do it. You did have to think like, okay, in this time of her, her labor, she's going to be feeling this and doing this and this is what's happening. And then in this part of her labor <laughs> these things are happening so it's going to get a little bit more intense and so having that knowledge was really good but we did just jump into it and did what worked and the thing that we prepped for was i was going to be involved we were going to have him at our house when your water broke or it was go time we kind of had okay these five six ten things need to happen mm -hmm. so i had to get the pool ready had to get some water in there uh, push our bed to the side yeah push our bed to the side just do all the prep things and if you don't do that beforehand, it's going to be water breaks, instant anxiety. You're like, uh-oh, what because, do we do now? Yeah, we didn't we didn't think through the process. I think your advice is good for not only moms, but also the dads too. Yeah. Visualizing it and thinking, because for me, that's what it was. It was solving the problem of what's going to happen when it's go time. Well, we'd Here's set up the space before. Like we mm -hmm. knew exactly what we had to do because mm -hmm. we had, we'd visualized it to the extent that we set up the pool without the water in it mm. and just said, okay, this is where it's, it fits here. Perfect. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then it was just hitting the checklist. Cause then once the checklist was done, that whole brick of anxiety it isn't there and you can focus on 
the in the now anxieties the mm-hmm. stuff that maybe you didn't plan for or oh my gosh this is actually happening the <laughs> jitters yeah jitters maybe is a better word than anxiety but definitely hmm. well i want to know if you have uh we've given a lot of advice up to this point but back to kind of the original topic of talking to your partner about a home birth i wonder if you have any advice for the fathers who are feeling iffy about a home birth and their wife is wanting to have a home birth, what advice would you give to him? It's hard to say specifically. I can't say it's much different than what we've already talked about. To me, the the equation here is simple. It's communicating. So if you, if you have a, a strong opinion one way or the other, there are reasons for that opinion. And if you don't have reasons then I'm sorry, drop your ego and, and learn something. But if you do have reasons, you need to be able to have a mature conversation of, Hey, I'm really nervous that your preexisting condition can cause some problems during the, the, the birth. And I, I would feel way more comfortable if we had a whole hospital worth of resources at our disposal within an instant of mm-hmm. something going wrong. And in our case, you know, that was in our situation. So for me, it was easy to not have to factor something like that in, but a lot of conversations, getting my questions answered, coming up with those task lists of, of stuff to do that made me feel comfortable going into the moment. Mm. So we, I, I think we've kind of talked about it. Sure. Honestly. It's, it's all the same, but maybe create a list of your reservations mm-hmm. and then, kind of knock them out one by one or then if there's something that you both can't get over then maybe change your change your plan when you both she shouldn't have to convince you there should be things that convince you both i think the research convinces you both or you both feel right about something or you both feel wrong about something Mm -hmm. i think there just has to be the active the active push to work this out mm-hmm. as a partnership you have to put the energy in if you're just trying to take a back seat the whole time it's not going to work mm-hmm. well it it's going to happen it no could, matter what. yeah it could work it does work but you're going to have going to be a bummer mm-hmm. and also like for me this is a huge life experience this is something that you know just historically people if they could have a chance to relive a moment in their life it would be the birth of their first kid or the birth of any of their kids mm-hmm. And for me, I, I took that seriously. I wanted this to be as good as possible. And I saw it as, I guess, a job, a job that I had to do, a thing that I needed to be involved in, get educated on. Uh, Responsibility. Yeah. I, I chose, I think I've said this many times, I chose to be involved. Mm-hmm. I chose to get my question answered. It wasn't the easy choice. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I'm trying to say is make the the hard choice for people it's going to be harder for people it's going to be easier but make the hard choice to be involved to get your reservations resolved or brought up and discussed and then move forward and everybody's birth plan is going to look different in our case it was natural home birth in another case it could be the birth suite or or something completely different yeah but either way both of you should come to that resolution in my opinion it sounds like it really has to start with a willingness to participate Mm -hmm. and not just to 
say no for no's sake mm-hmm. because you're worried and you refuse to absolve your worries. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to address also, there was that one comment that was like, how do I talk to my family who is really against my wanting to have a home birth or whatever? And on the one hand, I want to be like, don't. Yeah, to be frank, they're not the ones having the baby. And I know that people's relationship with their families are all different, but this is you and your partner's thing that you're going you're gonna to go through. Yeah. And maybe you got to have some tough conversations with some family members that are spitting opinions that are unwarranted or not helping anybody because they're not the ones having the baby. Yeah. But and it, and it's kind <laughs> of a joke to say, don't talk about it, but... Mm. because you can't not talk to Mm -hmm. anybody about it, but if they're feeling worried, there are, there are reasons why. And the more people that you talk to about your plans, the more like naysayers that you're going to have. Mm -hmm. And let's, let's be real. That could be whatever your birth plan is, Mm -hmm. whether you want to go unmedicated, whether you want to have an epidural, you might have like crunchy home birth friends that are like, Oh, maybe you shouldn't get an epidural. But if you feel good about that being your plan, Mm -hmm. I don't know that we should be just like telling the world what our birth plans are because Mm -hmm. the more people that you tell it's inevitable, you will have naysayers. Mm -hmm. But I don't mean like, don't talk to anybody about it because there are some people that you will probably need to talk about it with like, mm-hmm. I don't know your mom or somebody. Sure. Well, they're also, you have to respect them. Well, yeah, you don't have well. to, <laughs> <laughs> but they are your parents and this is going to be their grandchild as well. Yeah. So they obviously want to be involved and some people are more than others. Some people are like, yeah, just you guys do whatever you want. And some people are way involved and, and have a lot of opinions to share. Mm-hmm. I think going back to what I said at the very beginning, like if it's a, a mom, she's probably worried about other things than a dad would be. Sure. So, but the red flags are the same. And I think the equation's the same. A conversation, yes. if it needs to happen, is going to be what needs to happen. <laughs> well, I think it comes down to, you have to know your stuff and you have to be confident. So a, a family member or a friend is likely going to have the same Uh, reservations that your partner would maybe what if something goes wrong what if there's an emergency what Mm if whatever of the million things that they could say you need to have the confidence to be like here's what we do if some if Mm -hmm. you know you just can answer their their concerns with your education and also it it could be as simple as we have that figured out sure you don't have to give them your plan Mm -hmm. you don't owe that that to them but you can say we actually have a a plan in place for if Mm. that happens yep we've considered that yeah it could be that simple but (laughs) if you i mean your parents and my parents are are pretty well involved and i think if they had any questions to answer we wouldn't we don't have a relationship with them to where that would be all that i would say but some people might yeah and kind of like you said if if i'm being honest and, and frank you don't owe that to them this is your baby and your partner's baby and whatever you guys are planning it's it's your life take responsibility and take control here and and be frank if you need to that's hard to say though because relationships are challenging it's difficult i like that though take responsibility and take control and that's what we've been trying to 
say mm-hmm. over all these, I don't know, 40 plus episodes that we've done on the birth village podcast is take some control mm-hmm. over your birth, make some plans, whatever you choose, it, it's going to be right for you. And whatever you choose is okay, mm-hmm. but take the responsibility to make the choice. Mm-hmm. Don't just let the choice happen to you. I think I kind of want to plug the, the birth village as well in, in this moment here. Cause in speaking with them, nobody was ever giving me the opinions of, Oh, you, you want to have an epidural? Like uh, maybe you shouldn't do that. Cause like <laughs> it has these side effects and stuff. Nobody was doing that to us. And I don't believe anybody in the village would. They are, you know, ask and answer type people, very respectful that way. Mm-hmm. So if it was something that we were interested in or we were concerned about, they would give their opinions on it, but they're not going to overshare and be like, this is the birth plan that you should have. Let's talk about how much you want to <laughs> deviate from this perfect, super crunchy, supernatural um, <laughs> plan. It's not that at all. I I really respect um, our midwife and, and doula, Trish and Janae, because I, I felt very respected in those ways. So for me, if I was speaking with somebody in my family that was having a hard time understanding these things, I would have had those red flags go up of, okay, Janae and Trisha specifically are being very open-minded and telling me the information that I'm asking for and not pushing me one way or the other because this is our birth plan and they respect that. And this other person in this imaginary scenario Mm -hmm. is coming at me and sharing their opinions and telling me what I should do. And so my, my red flags are up of, Ah, that the vibe's completely different here. Sure. So I would think having a conversation with that other person who's who's giving me some opinions is going to be easily recognizable that I need to have a conversation with them or not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that sometimes, ta- yeah, talking about birth when you have a different plan than mm-hmm. someone else, if you want to have your birth in the hospital, you might feel intimidated to talk to a doula who had a home birth herself. Mm -hmm. And if you are talking to the right people, it shouldn't feel like that. And so if I were to give advice, it would be, don't be afraid to talk to people. Mm -hmm. And if you get, I know I just said just a little bit ago, like don't talk to people about Mm -hmm. your birth plan, Um, which is obviously like somewhat of a joke, but don't be afraid to ask people's advice and get opinions and get information. If at any point you feel like this is too many opinions, then then stop talking to people mm-hmm. and just kind of like recenter and decide what is right for you. But to hear the opinions and advice from, from people can be valuable too. And just as Tyler was saying, if they're given a weird like bossy vibe mm-hmm. when they're telling you what their opinion is, maybe that's not you know the right opinion to take on. Mm-hmm. But if they're like, well, I think I did it this way for this reason and maybe consider this, mm-hmm. that that might be who you want to continue asking advice from. And that's just me. Mm-hmm. Again, we're just kind of sharing opinions here, but you guys asked for our opinions. Yeah. So <laughs> it, I'll agree. It's it's hard to because I, I, I feel like sharing your opinion puts you on like a high horse or something like this is yeah. my opinion. But really, that's all it is, is opinion sharing and and something I maybe haven't brought up yet is if you are nervous about speaking with somebody or somebody's making you rethink things, I think the missing piece is, is the courage 
And for me, in order to have courage in what I'm doing or the plan that me and my partner are making, it requires knowledge and it requires confidence. So if you are struggling with having a conversation with somebody about these things, um, maybe you don't know enough. Mm-hmm. And maybe you need to learn something. You, somehow you need to gain that courage, whether it's the courage to stand up to your mom who's always been your boss or, <laughs> or something like that. Either way, there's that type of courage. But there's also maybe somebody's giving you an opinion of, hey, you know, our birth, we had this thing happen and it was really scary. And I'm super glad that we were at the hospital because things might not have worked out for my partner or my baby if we had not been there and they weren't able to act immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be honest, that was an anxiety for me. Mm-hmm. And... Again, I've, I've said already, but we had emergency services within minutes of our house mm-hmm. where we were having our baby and that that took away that anxiety and that gave me the courage to do it at home. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I wasn't missing that piece. So somehow, some way, gain the courage and also maybe they're given an opinion that's making you lack the courage and it, it's a good thing because, okay, I, I got to study up on this a little bit and mm-hmm figure out what is going to be the best for me. Am I going to stick with this decision that I'm making or should I reconsider? Mm-hmm. Because now I have this new anxiety because of this this person that is either coming at me nicely or coming yeah. at me in a rude way. But either way, you can look into it then and say, okay, what are the risk factors? What are the mm-hmm. chances that that would happen to me? Mm-hmm. And am I comfortable with taking those risks? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, and I think, a reason that people choose home birth a lot is because they don't want to, um, they don't want to go about their birth in the way that a hospital often does, which is to do a lot of preventative, Mm -hmm. to take a lot of preventative measures. And so I think if you are someone that doesn't want to take preventative measures, maybe you should look into the risks of things though and just double check and make sure that you're comfortable with those risk factors. The, mm-hmm. the reality is that they're low, but are they low enough for you to feel mm-hmm. comfortable and confident so much so that when you have some naysayers, you can be like, no, mm-hmm. I'm confident enough. I've chosen, I'm comfortable with these risks. I almost hate to bring this up too, but I have to say that if you're speaking with, uh, I think one of the, request that you had was how do I speak with my family or like my parents Mm -hmm. about this and get them on board with with what me and my partner are deciding Mm -hmm. in that case specifically I think realizing that these people are part of a generation that was sold that birth needs to happen in a hospital yeah I think realizing that that's a huge mountain to overcome and they may be coming from a completely genuine place yeah because they've been sold that their whole lives. And so it's what they believe and it's what everybody around them in their entire generation believes as well. So you're, you're taking a huge step out in their eyes. Mm -hmm. Now I think in our generation, it's not as big of a step out because it's a little bit more common. There's a lot more knowledge, a lot more studies going on. Social media. Yeah. Social media and, and groups that you can be a part of that can help you gain that confidence. So I think having a conversation with them is is going to be a challenge if they are that type of person that was was sold that their whole lives. They may be coming from a completely genuine place and have legit concerns, but I think that's a part of the equation to consider mm-hmm. is what, what... Where are they coming from? Yeah, what experiences have they had personally and what have they been taught? What have they been told? What's the dogma? Mm-hmm. Where's the bias? And I, I can't really blame them for it. 
No, and just be understanding mm-hmm. of why they have that dogma, of mm-hmm. why they have those biases and and have compassion for them mm-hmm. and almost thank them for being concerned mm-hmm. about you. Yeah, that would be a a good respectful conversation if if they were willing to hear it. Yeah. Despite giving their opinion. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I've already double checked with you to ask if you had any other advice, but before we close out, is there anything else that you would like to say to anybody that's listening or anything like that? (laughs) You know, if, I wouldn't, I just, the last piece that I can say is I I hope it goes well for you. I'm assuming that if you're listening to this podcast, you're uh, in a situation where birth is either coming or it's happened and I hope the best for you. I hope that these conversations can be had and and you kind of figure it out and that you can curb that anxiety, gain that confidence and go into birth with as much of an opportunity to have an awesome experience as possible. Whatever that experience looks like, whatever you've decided on, I hope it goes well for you and uh, good luck (laughs) because it's, it's a trip, (laughs) especially if it's your first kid. That's great. Great little ending piece. I like you. Well, thanks. <laughs> um, I did want to say that there is an article, um, Hearth and Home Midwifery is are, are these two amazing midwives that they have a podcast and also this article is on their blog. Um, but I, I really enjoyed their content that they put out and it's something that I found in trying to prepare for this episode. So they have an article called how to start the home birth conversation with your partner. Mm. So I just wanted to do a little plug. We should have just read that and <laughs> called it a podcast. Oh, well, we'll just, we'll just send our listeners <laughs> to go read it themselves. Um, but yeah, how to start the home birth conversation with your partner, hearth and home midwifery. These guys are truly amazing. I really loved their podcast when I was preparing for, my own birth. Um, but go check it out. If that's something that you're really concerned about, and it sounds like a decent amount of our listeners are concerned about this topic, um, from the request that we've gotten, uh, go ahead and go check out this, um, article because it's amazing. I will link it in the show notes. I do have one more thing. Okay. After I gave my, (laughs) I hope it goes well for you. I did recall that after Bo was born and everybody left, that was also a lot of anxiety happening. Mm. So just, I, I want to make sure to say, talk about what happens when you get home from the hospital or what happens when everybody leaves. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Cause if you don't, it's, it's a very, it'll flip your world upside down. And if you're not prepared oh, yeah. for that, or you haven't talked about that, cause I think mostly in this podcast, we talked about prep and birth. Yeah. And without talking about it, I want to make sure to say, discuss what's going to happen after. Oh yeah. I mean, we talk about uh, postpartum and and planning your postpartum, Mm -hmm. but I would definitely second that. At least if you don't do any other planning, at least have the conversation. Yeah. The conversation can't stop it. Okay. What's our birth plan? Right. It, you got to have the postpartum plan as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever you're going to give birth, Mm -hmm. you got to have the plan. (laughs) I, we, uh, had a little workbook that we used. Um, but 
our doulas in town and the other women that aren't doulas that are doing the postpartum planning workshops and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Like that wasn't around when we were planning or else we totally would have done that. Mm -hmm. But we just, I got a postpartum planning workbook off of Amazon and Mm -hmm. just do something, just plan, just talk about it. Yeah. Do not forget (laughs) to do that. Yeah. Cause when everybody leaves and it gets kind of quiet and, you have a kid now. You're like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty it's I'll say it again. It's a trip. So <laughs> good luck. I hope I hope the best. Good plug. I appreciate it. Um, you guys know where to find us. I think if you don't, we are on Instagram at the Birth Village Podcast. You can reach us on by email at the birth village village podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Send us some voice memo DMs, either just letting us know what you think about the podcast or if you have any questions or whatever. Um, if you're new here, we love voice memos. <laughs> so we just like hearing from you. You guys get to hear our voices and we like to hear your voices as well. So, um, but if you're not comfortable sending us a voice memo, don't be afraid to shoot us a DM as well. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. We have our Date the Doulas event coming up. Check out our Instagram for that. We have talked about that. And then there is more post-planning, postpartum planning workshops. Since I mentioned that, there are more of those coming up as well. So just head over to the Instagram for all of that information um, because it's good stuff that you're going to want to know about. I said where you can find the podcast Instagram, but I also should say that you can find information about what's going on in the community on the birth villages Instagram. So that is the birth village underscore. It used to be Southern Utah birth village, but it it's changed. So just so you guys know, thank you so much for listening. We love you so much. Um, Tyler, thanks for coming on and sharing your experiences with us. I love you so much. Thank you. Love (laughs) you too. And I'm pretty sure you know our tagline. Would you like to sign us out? Empowered women, empower women and men. (laughs) Thanks.